Afternoon. This is Don Frola, uh, and my uh, my uh, freak handle I've been using as of late is the very unoriginal DF99, which are just my initials with a convenient two digits. So, if you see me on Binrev, which I tend to hang out on, that's uh, generally what I'm known as. If you happen to spot some postings regarding Project MF, uh, I've been pretty much a one-trick pony with this Project MF deal, and it's sort of my contribution to the uh, old-school hacking community. Um, so. I'm very, very pleased to be here this afternoon to be able to talk about my implementation of Project MF, which I've had publicly available for about three years now, pretty much 24-7, with uh, really almost no downtime, and it gets uh, a fairly heavy usage. I'd say I get about 15, 20 calls a day on it with people freaking around. So very gratifying to have done that and make it available to the freaking community, and I uh, am very grateful for the people who did some of the pioneering work to, to make it all possible. So I'd like to... Um, Hopefully I won't run over, so I'm going to ask the moderator to try to keep me honest here. Uh, I've got quite a bit I'd like to accomplish, and if I'm encroaching on time, please let me know, and I'll, I'll just trip, you know, end, the, end the discussion as quickly as possible. Uh, just to give a little personal background about myself, I'm a phone freak from the classic phone freak days, I guess, back in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, so I'm probably a bit older than most people here. My involvement with phone freaking started out in 1968 when I found an old princess telephone in a junk shop, and uh, somebody told me that I could wire it up to my, my home phone, even though the front of the telephone told me I wasn't supposed to do that. So I brought it home and kind of squinted at that little black box in the basement and figured out that you just needed two wires to hook it up. And, um, and I had a knock on the door from the phone company who told me to turn it off, and then another guy who was in the know told me, well, you got to disconnect that bell so the phone company won't know it's there. So that really piqued my interest that there were things that could be done to manipulate the phone company's knowledge of what was being done with their lines and equipment. So that sort of got started a very latent kind of interest in the telephone system that really didn't get reawakened until a lot later when I was in college as a liberal arts major. And uh, I was down in the student union and I saw a guy with a little box walk up to a phone and, and, and this box started playing kind of funny tones. So I went over and asked him what it was, and he explained it's a blue box, and he proceeded to make some calls to Vietnam to uh, his uh, brother, who happened to be over there at the time, which I found absolutely amazing. So I asked him about it, but he didn't give me much technical information. But um, again, I kind of planted the seed, and then in 1971, when the Esquire uh, article came out that I'm sure most or all of you are familiar with on, um, on the phone freak underground and blue boxing in particular, it just really got me really excited. So I went down to the school library and read basically every copy of the Bell System technical journal they had there. And about a week later, I changed my major to engineering. <laughs> and uh, so I view phone freaking as being responsible for a 30-year uh, career in telecommunications. But, so I um, feel I owe a lot to the community for that because it's paid my, uh, my family's uh, expenses for the last uh, 30 years. And uh, always, uh, always uh, 
have been interested in trying to recapture that thrill back in the 70s of uh, using the blue box and, and making calls. So I, I was quite active in the time. I built my first box in 1971 um, out of a couple of 555 timers. And uh, back in the 80s, when I got a little more knowledgeable, I um, constructed a 68HC705 microprocessor-based unit that was kind of inspired by the old Hactic Demon Dialer um, blue box circuit, which I consider the epitome of the of the art, uh, at least for the time. But uh, back on Project MF, uh, kind of fast forward to uh, to the present, um, it came to my attention uh, that uh, a well-known phone freak, Mark Bean, also known as Fiber Optic, was giving a presentation at the Hope Six conference in the summer of 2006, and his uh, the subject of his talk was Project MF. And what Mark had done, which I found quite amazing, is to take the asterisk. Um, a free PBX software system that I'm sure all of us are familiar with on the conference, and uh, apply a series of patches that allowed the lines to um, to respond to the old 2600 hertz supervisory tones and also respond to the multi-frequency tones for dialing. And basically, it allowed, on a totally private system, uh, a person the ability to blue box calls. And Mark demoed this system and his modifications at, at Hope 6. He also kicked off the www.projectmf.com discussion board, uh, and um, he's had a, that, that's still up there, although Mark has kind of dropped below the radar the last couple of years, and it doesn't get a lot of activity. But he put that up to spark some technical discussion about how to implement his patches. Surprisingly, because of the complexity of, of applying the patches and getting the system up and running, very few people actually have accomplished it, to my knowledge. And, and to my awareness, nobody's actually put up a publicly accessible system. So my goal was to try to make this available, uh, reliable, first of all, reliable, um, simple to use, to simulate as much as possible the sound of the old net network and to give a person dialing into it with a blue box or with a blue box program the uh, experience of actually uh, blue boxing as it would have been back in the, um, well, uh, even in the 60s, but through the 70s and, and uh, throughout the 80s and maybe a little bit in the early 90s, although there would be probably be some argument about whether blue boxing is still possible today. Um, so that was that was sort of my design goals for it. So what I did is I took Mark's uh, original set of patches and I doctored them up a bit and wrote some additional code to try to make it sound uh, a little more realistic. Uh, I added a authentic, fairly authentic sounding wink, uh, wink tone to it. I uh, increased the reliability of the MF detectors so that the person placing calls today um, had a pretty good chance of success using almost anything that could generate the, the required tones. So I do have this. Um, what I also did uh, last year is set up a website dedicated to the project. It's similar to Mark's um, URL. It's www.projectmf.org. ORG, so it's uh, again almost very similar, and I put a lot of details about the Project MF system and about uh, construction details for a blue box, which I'll talk about a little bit later in, in my presentation. Uh, so a person can uh, dial in on the DID number, which is 630-485-2995, and they will get connected into a uh, a voice explanation of the system and how it works and how to access it. And it drops you onto a trunk and allows you to blue box if you've got a blue box or a program that's capable of uh, producing the correct tones. Now, on my uh, website, www.projectmf.org, I do have a software, uh, a Windows software uh, blue box 
that allows you to use the number keypad on a full-size keyboard almost as a, uh, as a real hardware blue box. So for those who don't want to get into constructing it, it's a, it's a simple download and a simple install, and that provides a pretty convenient manual blue box to interface into the system. I also have uh, set up the capability for people to connect to the system directly through SIP. There's details of this, again, on the website, so I won't get into them now. But if you have a SIP or a soft phone, you can directly connect over, connect over the Internet without going through the PSTM. There's also IAX2, which is the uh, asterisk um, inter uh, voice over IP protocol. Uh, if you have an asterisk server, you can set it up with a dial plan to access my box directly without going over the PSTN. And again, there are instructions for doing that if you've got a server and want to create a direct link uh, for fooling around with it. All these systems work, uh, I I've tested thoroughly and work really well with the system. There's also another cool uh, at gateway that I have and I, I, uh, connecting into a system called CNET or the Collectors Network. And this is a very interesting group of people who collect electromechanical historical switches in their basements. And um, these people would uh, would get this stuff, that these old switches that were basically being sold for scrap, and they would reassemble them, clean them up, and actually get them working in their basement. They discovered it was kind of boring because basically they had this huge power-hungry intercom system that really couldn't talk to the rest of the world. So a couple of very smart people discovered how to use asterisk to tandem or to interconnect these switches using voice over IP. And they've come up with a very sophisticated set of uh, DNS lookups and so forth that make it possible to have a private network that lets you dial in directly into these historical old electromechanical switches. Adding my system into this network allows you to actually blue box into a real old step or crossbar five or any of a number of other historic switches that are up on this network. And that is a real kick to be able to blue box and get into some of these old systems and actually do them responding to the zones. So um, there's quite a bit of connectivity into my Project MS system. The hardware system I'm, I'm using itself is actually quite simple. It's, um, it's an old uh, Weiss thin client um, diskless workstation that I've modified to use a compact flash to boot Debian asterisk, and I'm running uh, asterisk 1.2 on it. And uh, I've got asterisk patched with the Project MF um, uh, patches that, that make all, all the tone detection possible. Now, the cool and what I think is cool thing about it is uh, to, to make a call using, um, using a blue box, you need a set of trunks that are responsive to the 2600 hertz tone and the multi-frequency tones. Now, the way I'm doing that on asterisk is I've got two extra Ethernet cards installed in addition to the one that provides network access. And I have a crossover cable connecting the two NIC ports together back to back. So they're looped back to, to each other. Asterisk has a little known capability of putting a T1 interface up over an Ethernet interface. So what I've done is I've created two trunk groups of 24 channels each, the size of a standard T1 interface. Those are interconnected, so I have one outgoing trunk group of 24 SF, MF trunks that go and loop back into the switch. So I'm, I'm running a tandem that essentially is the, both the originating and the terminating side at the same time. And when a call is made using Project MF, um, it actually loops out one of the, it actually selects one of the 24 trunks. And the fact you've got 24 make a lot of kind of cool things possible because you can 
uh, do trunk stacking like you'll hear on the uh, Evan Doorbell phone trips tapes. You can pretty much simulate exactly what he demonstrates there uh, by having these additional trunks available. And it is a multi-user system, so you can have many, many people up using the system at the same time. So, uh, so that's basically the hardware platform that I'm using, and uh, it's uh, with the compact flash rather than hard disk interface on it. It's exceptionally reliable and, and very low power. I've got battery backup on it and a whole bunch of other things to kind of enhance the reliability. Uh, I'm going to stop. Any questions at this point, or before I kind of dive into some of the basics of, of how it works? Uh, the only thing I'd like to just say is um, I'd just like to remind everybody to please mute their phones because, um, you know, Project MS is very, uh, you know, it can get interrupted very easily. So please mute your phones, and uh, I'll let you continue your talk. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when that's strictly necessary. When I start doing the demo, that, that will be kind of a requirement to have a quiet line. Although from what I can hear, I don't think we're going to have any problems with that. So let me talk a little bit about Blue Box. Box basics, and I apologize to people if this is very well-known stuff, but I'm, it's kind of necessary to understand what's going on. So, so basically the way a blue box works is that it, it basically simulates the supervision and the digit addressing functions of a, of a telephone system. And the easiest way to understand it is to think about what happens when you've got your own telephone. When you pick up the phone, what happens is a switch closes in the telephone instrument which completes a circuit into an automated switch which returns a dial tone to you. That dial tone is your signal to start pressing the, the buttons, sending DTMF tones into the switch, which then routes your call. That is the local level of telephone access that we all have, the local loop. Now, there's a second level of access. Uh, the, the first level is the wire loop that connects your phone into your neighborhood switch. But the second level is the trunk level access. And trunk level, trunks are basically telephone lines, special purpose lines that interconnect switches rather than connecting a telephone instrument into the switch, uh, your local switch. And those trunk circuits that interconnect switches are just like your, in, in some ways, just like your local telephone line. They require supervision. They require an on-hook and off-hook detection or a signal to be sent. And they also require digits to be sent or some form of telephone number addressing so that digits can be sent from uh, the originating side of the trunk back to the terminating side for routing a call. Now, in the case of your local instrument, you're using DC or uh, you're using basically a DC uh, signaling path. But on trunk connections where the distance between the switches that are being interconnected is quite large, it's necessary to um, sometimes put the connection over transformers or amplifiers. And what an amplifier does when you insert it into a phone line is it breaks that DC connection. You no longer can signal using uh, an open or a closed switch passing current through a wire. So the telephone engineers realizing this problem came up with the, using a, the idea of using a series of tones which will pass through an amplifier, if anyone who's hooked up a stereo knows. Um, It'll also pass through a transformer or any number of different carrier systems that the telephone company might use on their trunk circuits. So the system that the phone company came up with back in the late 40s is to use a 2600 hertz tone as a supervisory signal. So, for example, when your phone, your local phone is on the hook, no current is flowing. That's an on-hook state. That is indicated on a trunk level. Uh, by the presence of a 2600 hertz tone on the trunk. That indicates that the, uh, the trunk is idle and in use. 
When that tone is removed, that's a signal to the other side, the receiving side of the um, trunk circuit, that the person has picked up the phone or picked up the trunk. In this case, it's the switch grabbing or seizing the trunk going off hook. Uh, instead of returning a dial tone, the far end of the trunk will send what is called a wink. It's a momentary on-hook indication. So what it'll do is, when it, it removes the 2600 hertz to indicate that the line is in use, but then very briefly, the far side will send a little cheap of 2600, and that tells the near side, oh, it's, it's like a dial tone. It says, okay, I can go ahead and send my digits. And the digits being used in the case of the trunk circuit are multi-frequency, or MF digits which sound in some ways similar to the, your normal touch tone pad, but actually use a different set of frequencies to, to transmit the data. So that's sort of the basics of how it works. Now, I thought I would do just a, a very brief demonstration of what the tones sound like. The, the 2600 tone uh, that indicates an on-hook state sounds like this. fairly famous tone. So, so when the trunk isn't doing anything, that tone is just playing. And when the tone disappears, that means the trunk is in use. Now, after the wink back is, is sent, the, uh, the trunk will then send the digits of the call to be dialed. Now, just for comparison, let me play uh, what all the, touch, the standard touch tones sound like. I, you've, of course, heard these, but I'll play them anyway, just to get them in your head. Hopefully, did Asterisk mute those? I'm curious. <laughs> did they oh, a lot of us using like five E's and stuff to throw away, so it should be fine. Okay, so hopefully you heard the tones. Now, the MF tones sound a bit more musical and, to my mind, more pleasant, but let me play the, uh, the same set of uh, 12 MF tones. And uh, those, are, those are your multi-frequency tones. Now, before multi-frequency was used, there was still another method that was used to simulate telephone dialing using a, a dial using tones. So instead of the dial opening and closing a switch that interrupted DC current running through a phone instrument at the trunk level, to get around that restriction of not being able to pass DC that I talked about before, they actually sent pulses of the 2600 hertz tone that would um, that would correspond to the DC pulses on a telephone switch, on a, a telephone dial, on a local subscriber loop. And in fact, when you were connected into one of these trunks using your telephone dial, your dial was actually generating bursts of 2600 that corresponded to the digit that was dialed. So for example, a zero would sound like this. I'll do that again. And uh, that's the exact rate of a telephone dial, uh, but using, using 2600 hertz tone. So let me dial a number just to show you what it would sound like. So that was a full 10-digit phone number. Now that's not as efficient as the MF tone, so that, that system was quickly, uh, was quickly replaced by MF. Now the famous phone, phone freak Joe Ingressia, also known as Joy Bubbles, could actually whistle those tone bursts that I just played. First I thought Joe, when I first heard about Joe, I, some of the news articles that were written about him weren't quite accurate about what he could do. They were saying that he could whistle MF tones, and I, I actually talked to Joe about that. He said, no. 
that was even beyond me. <laughs> I couldn't whistle two tones at the same time. But uh, what he could do is he could whistle in the correct cadence and hit the frequency accurately enough that he could actually dial those um, those uh, those pulses quite accurately and uh, place free phone calls using it. Now, um, I, uh, as I mentioned, I had constructed two different uh, blue box circuits. One um, was a fairly complicated circuit based on an old Motorola microprocessor. What I wanted to do as part of my Project MF uh, system is to sort of complete the design by making uh, uh, inexpensive blue box available to people who wanted to play with it. So I went ahead and I designed a, um, a blue box that was based on a uh, microchip PIC microprocessor. It's a little 8-pin PIC, uh, a very simple circuit that interfaces a keypad or a set of switches to uh, this little PIC and generates all of the tones needed to uh, to make a, a basic blue box, basically 2600 and the multi-frequency tones. Um, a person who collaborated me with this was a, a gentleman named Phil Lapsley, who runs a website called thehistoryoffonefreaking.com. And he also spoke at The Last Hope last year and gave a presentation on, uh, on the history of phone freaking. Well, Phil and I got together, and he took this design that I had put together, and we, we produced a series of very professional printed circuit boards uh, had those produced, tested them out, and debugged them, and uh, Phil passed about 200 of those out at the last hope uh, in 2008. So some of you may have actually picked one of those up. They were designed to fit into a little Radio Shack enclosure, and then I, I had instructions and a parts list up on my site to complete it. I actually do sell the PCBs and the pre-programmed picks for anybody who's interested in, in uh, building one of the designs. But it makes a very nice little compact blue box, very tiny, very much like the Esquire article, uh, Blue Box. So again, those were put out uh, at uh, The Last Hope, and, and there are plans and um, a contact for asking, inquiring about sales of those on projectmf.org, so I'll get a little plug-in for that. Some of the features on the box that are kind of cool is that it, it's not like the old Blue Boxes. It'll actually play both MF and DTMF tones plus the 2600. Uh, it has 30. It has, I'm sorry, 12 32-digit memories on it, so you can store digit sequences and uh, play those back into the phone for experimentation. So I've uh, I've actually sold a few hundred of these. So there's a lot of latent phone freaks or ex-phone freaks out there who, just for nostalgia's sake, or maybe to play with Project MS, have been quite interested in that project. Um, so what I thought I'd do now, if there's no questions about what I talked about, is actually uh, dial into the Project MF server, and I'll try to pre-party it in here, and uh, demo kind of how the system works and talk a little, about, a little bit about uh, some of the codes I've programmed into it and how that works. Now, I am hearing some road noise or background noise on there, so at this point in the presentation, I would ask everybody who has the capability to try to mute their phone the MF detectors are quite sensitive, and it'll, they'll interpret any extraneous noises as MF digits. So it would be it would be great if people could, could mute the connection. Uh, any questions at this point uh, about that presentation, that part of the presentation, anyway? Okay, what I'll do then, if none, um, is I'll much, dial in. How much is when the circuits? Sorry. When the circuit port? How much are when the sort circuit? Uh, how much are they? You mean the cost? Yeah. The circuit boards I the circuit boards I sell for four bucks a piece. Four bucks a piece. And the uh, the yeah, I sell the, the uh, 
Sorry? Sorry? Oh, I'm hearing a pretty severe echo here all of a sudden. Okay, it's gone. Yeah, I saw the circuit boards for $4 a piece and the pre-programmed picks along with a little uh, 20 megahertz resonator. It's a little, it's basically a crystal that sets the frequency standard for it. I sell those as a pair for $4 also. And okay. three bucks, I think, for mailing or something like that. So I uh, do have a stack of them left, and uh, I'm not sure what will happen when they're gone, but I've got quite a few kicking around yet. So for those interested, that's roughly what, what it would cost. I think to build the box, it would be probably another another 20 bucks of parts from DigiKey or a local electronics supplier. They're all very common parts other than uh, the board and the, and the pick itself. Any other questions? Okay, I'm going to jump off here and uh, dial into the server and I'll three-party it in. You'll hear me giving a demonstra uh, basically an explanation of what you would hear when dialing in. I'll probably jump out of that and uh, it'll go directly into a trunk that presents a, a ring back, a ringing sound. The way you would make a uh, blue box call typically is to dial an 800 number and while it was ringing, you would hold the blue box up to the mouthpiece and play the 2600 hertz tone to seize the trunk. And I will demonstrate doing that. So uh, bear with me a second. I'm going to jump off here and try to link in the, the server. Last update, Tuesday, August 12, 2008. To end this message and go directly to a trunk, press touchstone. So right now we're hearing my presentation. Uh, is the audio level adequate here? With star and a pound. Somebody can At jump in. Can you guys hear them? You will hear MF tones mm -hmm. followed by ringing. Okay. Yeah. You are now connected. So I'm going to buy, I'm going to bypass the trunk. recording by hitting zero During and drop us onto the trunk. After it stops. So we hear some MF digits, and now we'll hear a constant ringing. The ringing will eventually time out, and, and you can actually seize the trunk at any point. Now, what I'm going to do is play 2600. When I in, when I stop playing 2600, listen for the wink back. It's it's fairly subtle, but you should be able to hear it. Did you hear it? Uh huh. Now we're going to hear a recording in a second. Let me let that the number out. you have dialed, two pound, is not available. Uh, now, what happened is it heard my voice and interpreted that as some random digits. So now we're still sitting on the trunk, and you can probably hear the buzz in the background if you listen. That buzzing is actually the filtered 2600 hertz coming back from the far side of, of the trunk. Now what happens is when I re when you after the wink back is heard that means that a MF receiver is attached to the far end and is ready to hear MF digits. If you don't dial anything in within five seconds, the trunk will detect that and time out. The trunks don't let you hold them up too long. Back in the 70s, the real trunks, and I've emulated that. So I think you'll hear probably a Jane Barbie recording if it were real quiet. So I'll let it time out and just demonstrate that. I'm sorry, your call did not go through. Will you hang up, please, and try again? This is a recording. 
And now we're back on the trunk, but we would have to reseize it again to try to put another receiver on. So the, the MF receiver gets released just before that recording comes on with a few, uh, few seconds of reorder tone after it. So that's pretty much how it actually would work before. If you didn't dial quickly enough or if your MF digits were mangled, you would, you would get that type of recording or something similar to it. Uh, now what I have is internally on the asterisk server that's connected here, I have a series of internal recordings that can be accessed using three-digit codes. So uh, one of the things that has been quite popular, especially with the CNET, uh, the collector's network people, are uh, what I've done is taken the phone trips recordings from Evan Dorbell's phone trips website, digitized them, and put them up on various extensions or numbers uh, that can be blue boxed into them. And I've got the full-length recordings on there, so it is possible to dial in and actually listen to the whole Evan Dorbell one. So what I'm going to do now is dial K, uh, I'll hit 2600, we'll get the link back. I'd, I'll dial KP112 start. Key pulse was the tone that was necessary to initiate a dialing sequence that indicated to the switch that digits were going to follow. And start was used to terminate the, the digit sequence. And that was necessary, of course, because uh, the number of digits you could dial was variable. Um, so 112 is the code for the oven doorbell classic tandem standing. Uh, classic tandem stacking tape. So I will uh, I will dial that. The following telephone recordings were made by Ben. Now what I've done is I've put a series of um, of, of authentic old ringback tones on there to try to make it sound as much like an old an old old phone system as and possible, and I think it adds to the realism. I do rotate through different ringback tones. Try that again. Of the connection you get, we'll try a different recording this for an average conversation. Now I can blow this call off by playing 2600, which will so uh, hang up and then see if you can really feel the depth of it. Here we go again with another in the scene. And now we're on a different uh, recording. I also have a couple of weird uh, phrases from the Asterisk Sound Library that can be accessed for getting your tones, tone levels correct when you're playing around with this. Uh, I'll play back one of those. We'll blow Evan off here and, and dial into one of the test recordings. We apologize. Weasels have eaten our phone system. Well, uh, for some reason, they've got that in the standard asterisk sound library. I have no idea why it would be used, but it, it is there. So I thought it was kind of interesting to put some of the goofier ones on there for fooling around with. Uh, I have another recording I have that's quite popular is the Emanuel Goldstein from 2600 Magazine and Off the Hook Radio Show. I have an interview he did with Joy Bubbles that is just excellent back in the early 90s, and we'll dial that up. Now, you may recall the name of High Rise Joe. 
Fantastic interview with Joy Bubbles, giving a lot of insight into his early days in freaking back in the 50s. I really do credit him with being one of the early, uh, one of the original phone freaks. And he figured a lot of it out just using intellect and experimentation and uh, a lot of time. So a real, a real, a real freaker in the best sense of the word, in my opinion. One other feature I have here also is uh, a conference bridge that's accessible. So multiple uh, Blue Box users, let me get off here. So multiple users can dial in, and I've made the code for that, 2111. I'm sorry, your call did not go through. Will you hang up, please, and try again? This is a recording. If you remember the old Esquire article, uh, 2111 was a code that would access a conference bridge that was in the Vancouver uh, step tandem at the time, back in the 70s, and it was one of the most popular and well-known meeting places for phone freaks to get together. So it was a really a predecessor of this um, of, um, of, of the conference bridge we're using today. We'll, we'll access that just briefly. You are currently the only person in this conference. And we're just in a standard asterisk bridge at this point. We'll blow that off. Now, back in the day, the phone company used internal codes for operators to contact other operators and other internal telephone company functions. One of the codes that could be used by the operator was 131. 131 was the internal code for uh, directory assistance. So you could dial, for example, KP216. The number you have dialed, 1612111111, is not available. Okay, so you could dial KP, an area code, and then 131 to access the directory assistance operator for a given area code. So I have that code uh, mapped to GOOG411. So if you were to dial KP131 start, you would go to uh, directory assistance, in this case, GOOG411. Now you can also precede that code with any area code. It, it goes the same place, but I have the system program to accept an area code to make it a bit more realistic. So in this case, I'll use area code 216 and then 131 and then start to, uh, to access the directory uh, assistance function. Calls recorded. Google, say the business and the city. So again, trying to trying to trying to, to be as faithful as possible in spirit to some of the original codes. The number you have dialed is not in service. Please check the number and try again. Again, the system responding to my voice. Um, another internal code that the phone company would use is 121. That was for the inward operator associated with uh, an area. So, if a person was having trouble making a uh, phone call in, into Chicago. They, the operator who was assisting the customer would dial KP312121 start, 312 being the area code for Chicago at the time, and 121 uh, being the inward operator. I have that mapped to ring a local phone here in my switch room in the basement where I'm sitting right now. It also rings my cell phone, so if somebody wants to talk to me being the inward operator, they, they can use that, so we'll demonstrate that briefly. You can hear it ringing my, uh, my phone forwarded to an automatic voice message. And we'll blow that off. 
Um, I do have a couple of other external numbers that are connected in addition to uh, the, the two that I demonstrated there. I do have the a number you have dialed two well, two pound is not available. I do have a direct uh, SIP connection into Telefreak uh, that can be dialed using a blue box. That's with KP seven 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 start, and that's not a telephone code. It's just a code that I happen to pick. So we'll give that a try. Abandon all hope. And now we're direct dialed. connected into Telefreak. Thank you for calling with all the with all the Please standard enter a voicemail uh, box number options now. available. Or press pound for advanced options. Now, the final, probably coolest feature of the system is that I do allow people to make phone calls into the PSTN, just like the old blue box system uh, of old. So if you seize a trunk, you can dial KP plus 10 digits plus start, and uh, that, that can be any phone number in the U.S. or Canada, and it'll actually go through. It is, it is time limited, and I don't guarantee it'll be completely private. Uh, it is subject to monitoring just to uh, discourage abuse. But I do allow people to make calls, and, and uh, the calls will complete, and you can carry on a two-way conversation and fool around with it and blow it off with 2600 and impress your friends and everything. So I do allow it, and in three years, I've had really almost zero problems with abuse. And the cost has been so minimal, I really haven't had to ask people to kick in any money for it. So as long as it stays that way, I've got no problem keeping that accessible. So what I'm going to do is actually dial a number out on the PSTN. In this case, I'll call the U.S. Naval Observatory Master Clock in Fort Collins, Colorado. So again, it's KP, 10 digits without a, without a leading one, just 10 digits like the old days, and then start. And this is what a phone freak would actually do after he sees the line. So you can call into the system, make a call, blow it off with 2600, redirect it to another number without actually hanging up and, and starting over again, which is exactly the way it worked back in the 70s. We'll, we'll try that number. Naval Observatory Master Clock at the tone Mountain Daylight Time 16 hours 58 minutes 55 seconds Universal Time 22 hours and we'll blow that off at 2600 exactly and we got the wink back we'll let that time out and then I'll I'll move on to the next part of the presentation the number you have dialed seven four one is not available now, one kind of cool thing that was real popular for home freaks to do back in the 70s was to do something called tandem stacking. And uh, the way certain switches worked back in the 70s is it was possible to use routing codes to dial into one switch and to uh, route the call to a second switch and then loop that back and forth between the two switches multiple times. And it was possible, up to the limits of the audio quality of the line, to actually busy out a trunk route between two cities. And for that reason, the Bell System security people really, really, really did not like people doing it. 
Now, because of because of various restrictions on the technique, it really wasn't possible to do any serious damage to the network because of the rerouting capabilities of the early network. But it really had the FBI running scared when they found people were doing this, and it was probably the thing that really brought the brought the uh, heavy-handed law down on phone freaks as as much as anything else. Now, tandem stacking is sort of possible in, in the system, but I have to use a. If you've heard the classic tandem stacking um, phone trips recording, you know how it was done for real. What I can do here is I can. What I, what I can do is dial into a number on my box that will return a dial tone that accesses the switching train on the asterisk box. Now, the reason I have to do that is to try to stack um, using asterisk isn't really possible because asterisk will not just seize a line and dial nothing on it. And that's really what you require to do stacking. So what I've done in, instead is I've set up a system that routes through the uh, SF trunks gives you a dial tone, and you can dial the same access number over and over again. And every time you dial it, it loops through another member of those 24 trunks that I've got set up here. So you can stack up to 24 trunks by repeatedly dialing 2602, which is the code number for, for stacking. So the first time you dial 2602, I use the blue box, but thereafter I use touch tones to do it. And every time I hit 2602, I get another dial tone, and I'm actually stacking through the 2600 controlled trunks. And it allows you to uh, do some interesting things on the terminating side. So I'll demonstrate on what it sounds like on the originating side. And, um, and then I'll try to do it dialing into this bridge on the terminating side, which is where you can hear some of the cool stuff. So let me, uh, let me try it on the terminating side. So I'm going to dial KP2602 start, and that'll give me a dial tone. And thereafter, I'm going to use the touch tone pad on the phone here to, to stack a number of trunks repeatedly. So let's give it a try. Oops. We've, we've gotten one link. This will be the second stack. actually MFing 2602 into the trunks to pick up the next one. I'll do it again. We're on our third stack. And I'll do it once more. And after this one, I'm going to actually dial a recording uh, through the stack of about five or six trunks that I've got stacked up here. Uh, so there's nothing really very extraordinary about it. I mean, it sounds exactly the same to us as though I were dialing in directly, but it's actually looping through. Uh, through a stack of five or six trunks. So the only thing you'd really hear is some degradation in audio quality, and I can't do anything too interesting with it on the originating side. Let me blow this up. So we've disconnected it. Now what I would like to do is... The number you have dialed is not in service. Please check the number and try again. Uh, put the phone down here for a second, and using a second line here on my desk, I'm going to build a stack of similar to what I just did, 
except the last number that I dial is going to be the conference bridge. And uh, I'm going to, so I don't get a feedback loop on it, I'm going to have to unplug my handset here. But uh, I'm going to leave you for about a minute or two, so if the moderator wants to say anything, feel free. And uh, the next time you hear my voice, I'll be coming in over the stack, but on the terminating side. And then I'll be able to show you some kind of interesting tricks that can be done with it. So uh, if you forgive me, I'm going to be gone here for about a minute. So if the moderator wants to fill the empty space with something, that would be great. All right, cool. Time to stall. <laughs> so, we're uh, very good at stalling. So, uh, yeah, we're horrible at stalling. <laughs> so, how's the weather up there? Mm. <laughs> Sing for us. Amuse us. What's up here? We need some like hold music to play right now. That'd I know, right? Yeah, this is gonna be like the part of the recording that we edit out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't edit out anything. That would take away the experience. True, <laughs> true. Fine. I think about putting on like a laser or something. And like, if you have more than four seconds of silence, it'll be like, all right, you're done recording. No, think about it. It's just like a regular conference, those huge, long periods of silence that everybody just so enjoys. Oh, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's present pauses. I mean, we, he doesn't even have to be, you know, silent. He just We're just doing that to help the authenticity. <laughs> exactly. It's not a true, authentic conference unless there's those long, awkward pauses. Oh, yeah. <sighs> awkward pause. New caller. Hello. Yeah, this is me. I'm, this is Don. I'm calling back. I'm calling into the stack now. Uh, so I've got probably five or six trunks stacked up, uh, or looped internally within the switch, just the set of trunks that I've got. And now what you're hearing is the terminating side of that stack. Before we were hearing what it sounded like on the originating side. Now one thing Evan Doorbell did in his classic uh, tandem stacking tape is he was able to flash the switch hook, and the supervision, because it used relays, would be delayed with each loop through the system, you can actually hear the relays and the cheeps as, as the, the tones propagated through the system, or the, uh, the DC act. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> now it's really a real conference. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, God. I wonder how long it'll take him to notice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be pretty soon. I guess that's our first disaster for the whole conference. Uh, besides the uh, little minor three-waying difficulties, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying this. This is about as enjoyable as fiber optics uh, speech at Hope. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, great. I thought our, our first real problem was going to be like a Millwater or an Echo or something. So, <laughs> you know, the fact well, that we haven't I had really like that, that. any ideas. Don't give them ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like the fact we haven't had that yet, I guess that's a good sign. It is a very good sign. Um, just hope Don realizes that uh, he's disconnected and can reconnect. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have any way of like um, instant messaging him or anything. Oh, there we go. Don, is that you? I guess not. <laughs> no, this is HyperCard. I'm just merging in the calls again. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm amazed at how quiet everyone's been. 
Well, that's because like two of the conferences are muted. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Can't we? Can't we uh, just um, email him or something? Well, actually, uh, I muted those when uh, he dropped off because I figured, well, I might as well let people talk if they're on him. You guys hear me? Okay, we're back. Huh? Hello. Huh. Cool. We're back. Sorry about that. Alright. Uh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Seems Hello. like it. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Okay. So what I'm gonna do is hang up. Uh, listen for the cheeps, and uh, that'll be the stack tearing down. Yeah, and I'm back on. I'm, I'm sorry, your call did not go through. Will you hang up, please, and try again? This is a recording. Were the cheeps audible when I disconnected? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So anyway, so that's stacking. Uh, cute trick, but uh, many people have tried it and played with it. Uh, the last thing in my talk that I'd like to demo is um, doing something Evan Doorbell did again in his phone trips tapes, and that is he, he was able to set up a series of interconnecting switches by dialing uh, various trunk access codes and using a technique called guard banding. When you try to link a lot of switches together using uh, MF, the problem is um, he runs into the same problem I did on the stacking. Uh, every time you hit 2600, it drops you back to the first, uh, the first 2600 link in the chain that you're trying to put together. So he's got to use some special techniques to do it. So what I'm going to do here is dial into the CNET, the collector's network system, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually build up a stack of, of calls linking through various electromechanical switches that are in people's basements all over the country. I'm going to send it overseas to England uh, to, and go through a, a switch over there and then back to the States. And finally, I'll terminate the call on, uh, on one of my recordings on the switch. The first link in the first switch I go to, I'm going to set up again with, uh, with the blue box. But thereafter, because uh, other switches besides mine do not respond to 2600 and, and MF, I'm going to use uh, special numbers they have set up their recent dial tone. So, to build the stack, primarily I'll be using touch tone here, and I'll, I'll try to explain what I'm doing as I actually build it. So my goal is to get eight switches on here, and uh, we'll um, we'll see what it sounds like when I when I think you'll be able to hear the degraded audio after bouncing it around the United States and uh, and overseas. So uh, let me initiate the stack by uh, by dialing into a switch up in Minnesota. We'll do that right now. Try this again. It failed. Now we're going to go into a real electromechanical switch. We're going to dial 9 to get an outside line on the switch. Now we're going to go into another switch in Alabama. Now we're going to go back into another electromechanical switch. There's a dial tone. We'll dial 9 for an outside line. 
Now we're going to dial into my project MF box. You can hear the audio degrading. Now we're going to loop it through my box a few times. And then we'll send it overseas to England to a switch set up in a guy's basement over there. Now we'll go back to the States to an electromechanical switch. Nine for an outside line. And we'll finally dial a recording on my own asterisk box here, and we'll see how that sounds. So at this point, we're being around the world uh, quite, a, quite a distance, uh, linking together real electromechanical switches in people's basements, pretty much like uh, Evan did on, the, on some of the routing tapes that he did. And you can probably hear the audio. Very, very low level in the background because of the uh, because of all the attenuation. And uh, now, when I blow 2600, what will happen is because the only link here is is 2600 controlled is the original one. When I use the blue box, it'll drop us back to my. It'll disconnect all of these switches. So all around the country, all of the steppers are resetting and making a lot of noise and. All these links are getting torn down one by one when I hit the 2600 and we'll drop back to my switch again on the first link. And now we're back here. We could dial another call at this point if we, if we wished. The number you have dialed, 711-POUND, is not available. So that's about it. It just shows, uh, kind of showcases the system that I've got set up. Again, this is publicly accessible, and any of you guys are perfectly welcome to try it at any time. I think that the moderator, moderator is going to publish the routings and the numbers I actually used in this demonstration. So uh, feel yeah. free to e email me from the website, and I'd be happy to answer any questions at this point or um, by email. Uh, thank you for the attention, and I really enjoyed giving the presentation. Yeah, uh, we'll have a copy of uh, the entire uh, outline of his speech on the site. So, <clears throat> if you guys want to have, you know, if you guys want to try and emulate these re results, it's perfectly possible. Uh, we'll have all the numbers, all the extensions, everything like that, um, and then we'll point to his website so you can download the uh, Blue Box software if you need it, uh, things like that. Hey, so uh, DF99, before you uh, before you hop off, are you going to be staying for a bit? Uh, yeah, I plan on listening in, at least in the background on the speaker. All right, great, because I'm going to need your help for one of the presentations. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I can. All righty. Yeah, I can three-party in or whatever you need. That'd be no, no problem. Okay. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you.
Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.